when we all decided to go to college. It's not like we just looked at a number on a list and, and decided that was the one. It was never like, oh, it was it was number 60 on US News. People don't say that. And that's kind of the sentiment that I got from the people that I interviewed. I'm Kevin Christopher Robles. And I'm Jeff Umbro. Today, I travel to Rose Hill to visit the student-owned and operated Rodriguez Coffee House to explore the kind of space that Lincoln Center lacks and should have. Then, Jordan Meltzer discusses the importance of national college rankings to Fordham and its student body. Last, we host a debate between Luke Osborne and Evan Volbrecht on the merits of self-care practices. This is Retrospect, the official podcast of the Fordham Observer. We spoke with news editor Jordan Meltzer, who wrote the article, Do Fordham Students Care About Rankings?, which discusses the merits and drawbacks of national college rankings. Fordham ranked 70th in the 2019 U.S. News List. Jordan talked to students to ask them if they thought rankings mattered or not. I feel like when I when I was asking these questions, what I was getting a lot back of was like a no. It was kind of like a rejection of the notion. It was almost like there was a, there was like an inherent sentiment against thinking about whether they mattered at all. It was just like no, they don't matter. They're just there. And some students conceded that like yeah, for for parents they'll matter or maybe for reference they'll matter. But it was mostly no because they're not accurate or what they use to decide the, the numbers themselves is not a holistic methodology. Interestingly though, everyone I asked the question, did they have a factor in deciding your college? All of them said no. Like even the people who conceded that they were kind of important, nobody said that they used rankings to decide where to go to college. And why do you feel that that's so surprising? I actually, I don't even know whether it's that surprising, because when you think about it, when we all decided to go to college, it's not like we just looked at a number on a list and, and decided that was the one, right? Like, maybe it was a reference, but I don't think it was actually, like, a high factor. When we get to college about, hey, how did you decide to go to Fordham? It was never like, oh, it was it was number 60 on U.S. News. People don't say that. And that's kind of the sentiment that I got from the people that I interviewed. So what, what factors, then, were more important to students besides national rankings? I guess some of the factors that mattered more were the school's reputation. Financial aid was a big one. Most people said that um, the amount of financial aid that they gave was one of the biggest factors for them. Being in New York was a big factor. One student said, I wanted to go to a Jesuit school and I wanted to be in New York. My decision kind of made itself. So being in New York, financial aid, and I guess just fit in general. A few students emphasized that fit is a really unique thing and that you just can't quantify something like that. Do you feel that the university is too concerned with rankings? And do you think that that has an effect on the students who go to the school or for those who are deciding whether or not they want to go to Fordham? In that regard, I have to kind of take off my news editor hat and I have to kind of put on my Fordham student hat. And I want to be clear that as a news editor, I'm not endorsing a position one way or the other. But from what I've noticed, I think sometimes there's a little bit of, of conflict in how the university thinks about rankings. Because I think that sometimes we see, we, we'll, we'll hear in a in the State of the University speech that President McShane gives, and he'll say something like, we dropped a few points in the rankings in the, in the U.S. news list, which we value. And then he'll say something like, but also we have to remember that it's not a be-all, end-all, which is definitely a fair assessment of it. So I think that maybe the university's cautious, but it, it's sometimes comes off as even self-contradictory or conflicting when it comes to like how much it values rankings. Bob Howe, 
Assistant Vice President for Communications and Special Advisor to President McShane, stressed the general correlation between a large endowment and a high national ranking. A college's endowment, which is a fund amassed primarily through donations and investments, is used for larger-scale projects and programs. Howe explained that Fordham's endowment is actually quite small relative to its national rank. Fordham's endowment is less than 5% of the average Ivy League endowment, which is why, or part of why, you see Ivy League schools dominating the top of the rankings on U.S. news list year after year. So according to how, while the university will value things more like education and experience and things that college students typically think of when when, uh, going to school, things that'll improve their everyday experience, these lists tend to prioritize endowment because it's a good indicator of how likely a school is to fold financially. If there was something you could say to administrators or students in regards to the messaging about rankings or how much we should care, what would you say? I'd say pay close attention to the defined methodologies that those uh, institutions are putting out about rankings. Like, for example, I think we, as, as a newspaper, have covered extensively FIRE's top 10 worst universities for free speech rankings, right? And we've also covered Fordham's issues with free speech and written staff heads about Fordham's issues with free speech. And I think it's something worth covering. If you take a look at the FIRE website, it says some weird things. It seems pretty reactionary, and, and one of the students I interviewed kind of concurred with this. It seems pretty reactionary in what it, conti- what it constitutes as violations of free speech. And I think we should pay close attention to those lists to see what they're actually saying about the university. If, if you're a student and you're looking to take a ranking seriously, that's fine. Just do your research. Evan Volbrecht and Luke Osborne sat down with us to debate the merits and drawbacks of self-care practices. The two had, at times, opposing views on the topic. We are joined by Evan Volbrecht and Luke Osborne, our assistant opinions editor and sports and health editor. Thanks for being here, guys. It's nice to be here. Incredibly. So to start things off, I was hoping that each of you could just give a very brief overview of your position on whether or not self-care practices are valuable or not. Okay. I would say, especially these days as students, it's really important to hit the pause button. And I also think that self-care can be very personalized, not necessarily involving face masks, baths, or what have you. It can be simple meditation. But if those things bring you joy, then so be it. My perspective is somewhat the opposite, that self-care, the idea we have of it, is at this point overly corporate and consumerist and does not actually help us relax, but rather stresses us out more. Your self-care doesn't necessarily have to be involved in consumerism. Meditating is free, but also some people find consumerism to be, you probably might not agree, actually kind of relaxing, like shopping or buying things that make them happy. And in that case, then I would say that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of the therapeutic benefits of consumerism for some people, as well as free alternatives to, say, face masks or bath bombs. However, my problem is mostly with the expectation that it creates, the culture that's perpetuated by influencers and the like, that the face of self-care, if you will, of expensive 
essential oils and candles around a bath that somewhat supplants the sort of things that people might normally do to relax with this idea that you have to spend money for something fancy. I do agree that advertising can sometimes make self-care something that you have to achieve, but I do think that self-care should be personalized and you shouldn't be trying to achieve the aesthetic of self-care and you should try to achieve what it will actually do for you, which is make you relax. At times, though, Evan and Luke were able to find common ground regarding the happiness that self-care practices can bring to people. People need to focus on what actually makes them them happy for themselves. My problem with self-care and the like is that people lose sight of what's actually making them happy and focus on what's supposedly going to make them happy, what's being sold to them. Luke, I I think that we should emphasize people creating their own self-care routines, things that make them happy, aside from the consumerist tendencies that we're supposed to be using, according to influencers and others on social media. I mean, I hate influencer culture as much as the next guy. And I really do think that if everybody's doing the same thing, there is probably something wrong with that picture. So I'm totally pro-personalization. Part of Fordham's Jesuit tradition is the idea of care for the whole person. Do you think that a similar principle can be applied towards self-care? I would say that care for the whole self is a valuable idea and of course care for the whole self involves more than care for your skin and your Instagram feed. Some of the things that I w- that I, w- I do to keep myself happy are say make sure that my room is clean and neat or I go on a walk in Central Park. Caring for yourself, making sure that you're relaxed is definitely more than just the idea of self-care that we have. Consumerism can of course lead you to a much nicer feeling face and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you focus on that as the only solution. Well, I tend to agree with um, what Evan's saying about how it relates to Kira Personalis. Simply put it is that if you focus on the consumeristic aspects of self-care, only face masks, only baths, then I think you're not actually caring for yourself. Like there could be other things that you need to interrogate or meditate on in that time of relaxation in order to truly heal yourself from whatever might be happening in your life at that time. When I say self-care is a scam, what I'm saying is that the idea of self-care as only bath bombs and face masks is a scam. People like Luke have who have a more holistic vision of what it is to care for yourself can help others by just making public these alternatives to buying a product. I made my way to Rose Hill the other day to visit Rodriguez, a coffee shop that is sort of unique in the ecosystem of New York City colleges. Now, the thing that makes it so unique is that it's a student-run, student-exclusive space. That means that no faculty or administrators or staff are allowed inside. The entire thing is run by the students for the students. When I walked inside, I was assailed by a cacophony of contradiction. Mannequin limbs hanging from the ceiling. A legless standee was staring at me from behind the projector screen. There were dolls on the windowsill. And tiny little chipped mugs were served with lukewarm coffee. It was really remarkable for just how homey and lived in the place felt. And everyone there just felt like they were so at home and comfortable existing in a space that couldn't be invaded by anyone else. 
I spoke to Noah Willers, president of Rods, who spoke to me about how Rods works and how everything came together. What do you think makes Rods special on, at Fordham? Well, it's the only safe space on campus, so no sexism, no homophobia, no racism, no classism. I mean, also, it's just a nice space to hang out. I feel like a lot of places on campus, like McGinley Commons, for instance, you don't really see people hanging out there. You don't, it's not really a community area, but I feel like Rods actually cultivates a community within like Fordham. Everyone here is sort of like like minded, and uh, I think that a lot of people that wouldn't be at Fordham are at Fordham solely because of the community that they fostered in Rods. You know, like, I feel like some people that are part of Fordham's community feel ostracized because they don't look a certain way or they don't act within a majority or they have a different ethnic background than like the 70% white people that go to Fordham, you know? And I feel like Rodrigues is the place where the oddballs, you know, they can always go here. I also spoke to a number of Rod staff members to see what they believe makes Rod special. My name's Sophia. My favorite thing about Rods is just like the vibe. Everyone's just like really kind and like when you walk in you just get like very comfortable like feeling. Everyone's just like really expressive and like sweet and the fact that there's like a safer space policy it just makes things like so nice and comfortable for everyone and just like a great place to be. I'm Jack. Uh, my favorite thing about Rods is probably the music and I think my favorite like object here is the piano where all the artists who have ever played here are assigned it. It's just fun to kind of like look through it and see all the history here. My name is Lili Huang. I'm a senior so I'm about to graduate. I guess my favorite thing about Rods and like good memories are all kind of like the really big shows that we have at the beginning of the year and the end of the year. So like our welcome week shows and our spring weekend shows. I don't know, I think they're fun because they get people all, like from all over to come to them just because like they're outdoors. So I think it's like a nice like community thing. It's nice to have like a day-long festival and everyone is really involved and everyone like makes it possible and I think it's fun. And we get some like really good artists in here, uh, which is really exciting. And it's like a good way to get people to join the club and get excited. In the end, Rods is what you make of it. It's unfortunate that Lincoln Center doesn't have a place like Rods that can help increase school spirit and make the place feel more comfortable for those who may not have a place where they feel like they belong. Going back to Lincoln Center from Rose Hill, there was only one thing that I could think of. Lincoln Center needs a Rods. This has been Retrospect. I'm Jeff Umbro. And I'm Kevin Christopher Robles. Until next time.